Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Jeff. I'm the host of Right On Radio. The tagline of the show is live right in the real world, where I will show you the real world and you decide how you want to live in it. And that might be uh, a really important proposition for this particular episode. Uh, This is a continuation of the previous one, which was episode 529. If you have not seen that, it's really a good idea that you watch it because I don't want to rehash that information. But in short, there are many people advertising of a coming event. Um, you know, kind of in the QAnon circles, the Wano Savin circles, and that event will be a catalyst. And they say it's a near death experience. You know, a Cuban missile standoff sort of thing where communications will be blacked out to the uh, woke military, for lack of a better term. It'll all go to Cheyenne Mountain, and essentially that is how Trump returns under War Powers Act. And that's a lot of things to reinforce that that may happen. And listen, I hope I'm wrong about all this stuff. Folks, I'm just putting together puzzle pieces as I see it. And, you know, this is news, views, opinions, and attitudes, okay? Uh, You're going to get all of that today. But today I want to give you strong evidence, at least in my opinion, that something is on the horizon. And again, my opinion, during that... uh, the debate between Biden and Trump, you know, where Trump famously got shut down about asking about the laptop and stuff like that. That's where Joe Biden said dark winter. And I personally, I have no evidence to support this claim, but I personally feel that he was saying, Hey, you guys do your magic and get me put into the, uh, into the office here. Um, we're going to deliver this plan. 
and it's all edged up to here. And you have to understand the bumbling cabinet and Joe Biden, they're obviously extremely being portrayed extremely stupid. You know, they're doing the opposite of everything that's good for the American people. That's so this can be blamed on you and you don't suspect them. Well, I guess it should have happened. The average American Joe will say, yeah, they were irresponsible. They didn't uh, prepare for anything. You know, that is the type of scenario that they are building up to because there has to be a spin. And no matter what happens, they will not take personal accountability. They want to be blameless in it. And that's why they never admit that they're wrong or anything else. So I'm going to show you a couple supplemental uh, pieces of evidence. And then I'm just, I'm going to play a show that I caught just the other day and uh, I'm going to play it in its entirety folks. So you've got, uh, well, one video is about three and a half minutes. The next video is about 25 minutes. And I want you to hear every single word of it. Uh, it is well-researched and well-done. But first, let me just show you a couple quick things. Uh, whether you like the Gateway Pundit or not, um, over half of U.S. at elevated risk of winter blackouts due to Biden energy policies. Watchdog comments on industry report. Of course, it's the policies. Well, we're going Green New Deal. You know, and, and everyone knows it's going to fail. Everyone in Texas knows it's going to fail. And they're, but yet we didn't stop them. We acquiesced. Ah, the government, what can you do to stop them? You see how this works, both physically and spiritually. This is what is going on. Now, I want to show you another quick article. And, you know, that Gateway Pundit isn't evidence. It's just supplementary uh, things for you to consider. Here's another one. Uh, this is from the U.S. Naval Institute. An EMP or solar incident could result in blackout warfare. Uh, and this is written by Gunnery Sergeant Joshua E. Owen, U.S. Marine Corps. I'm not going to bother to read uh, the entire articles because the information that I have coming up is going to be more than sufficient. Next, I want to play you a clip of probably the biggest name in media. So this is Tucker Carlson. Everyone here knows him, I'm sure. This is being him interviewed by, I think it's Theo Vaughn. Now, I've had this clip saved for quite a while. I can't remember if there's language in it. I'm just going to say perhaps language warning uh, in, in this clip. But uh, I, I'm not, I can't remember, but it's really telling because Tucker Carlson, let's face it, he's one of the biggest voices in the world. And here he's giving his opinion. And again, this is just opinion, not evidence. The evidence is coming. Anyway, whatever. My point is, I don't think you want to travel too much if you can help it. Yeah. You know, it's better to be in a place where you're just like, this is my place and I'm defending it with these firearms, but the sec until things calm down, you know, until like electricity is restored after the MP attack or whatever. Yeah. Cause that's, what's going to happen. You'll be, there'll be a nuclear attack. No, there's going to be, you know, it's pretty easy to take down a society that's digital. 
Oh yeah. Once you unplug that. And then when there's, but that's a crazy feeling when you're like, okay. Cause your first thought is let me call somebody. Nope. Your phone isn't going to work. No calling, no oil through the pipelines, no food delivery. God's going to have the busiest afternoon. No airlines, no one on the roads, dams fail. Like it all, you know, if you've, if you've put everything online, which because the people who run our country are so stupid, they've actually done that. You are so vulnerable that it's unbelievable. And you're using Chinese servers and switchers. And like at that point, you have no control. You don't need to drop a nuke on anybody. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, you if just anybody's doing any of that shit, do not nuke. You don't need to. Yeah. You don't need to. Let us at least enjoy the mystery of it for a little while, too. But people are so, that doesn't mean just no DoorDash. That means no anything. And people, one thing I've noticed in both the places I've been No Stacy Dash either, huh? That bitch, you know? No, no Stacy Dash. You that can't dumb. call any of your call girls from the interstate. Oh, thank like, God, dude. <laughs> what if they start showing up? You're like, <laughs> they will. They'll be seeking refuge at your place. Yeah. Remember me? You tip me for no service. Seeking refuge rainment. <laughs> um, that was a tough play on words. That's a See, good one, though. Thank you, dude. Um, but I think, yeah, but you wouldn't be able to use money anywhere. No. That's going to become no value. Like, it's just, it's weird we're having this conversation, but even as me listening to you talk, I am, my brain, I think, is recording this because it feels like it could be plausible. All you need is a couple of cops to be like, you know what? Fuck these people as well. I'm not going to fucking quit. Def I'm not going to quit blockading or attacking these people who I know are really struggling. When I'm going home tonight and being one of them, 100. percent And and by the way, my takes. kids, my kids are at home, and there's now this happened in New Orleans during Katrina. Is cops and I give them all the benefit of the doubt. You know, some of them you do have some criminal cops down there, but you also oh, have good yeah. guys too. You know, and the good guys are like, I'm sorry, I got a wife and kids at home. Like I'm not, and people are going nuts. The thing that I noticed was it took like zero time from when authority disappeared for people to get super afraid for the predators to come out and start preying on people and for everything just to fall apart everything yeah and if you unplug this country and by the way once you decide you're going to go to war with iran as we've apparently the morons who run our country have decided that is i mean a very likely outcome that they're going to do something like that really absolutely absolutely everyone's like Lindsay oh they they could send an icbm or whatever no, it's a, why would they bother to throw a missile at the united states across the ocean when they could unplug the country. And then you have real casualties, mass casualties, and mass chaos, like true, true chaos. Oh, yeah. People are not prepared for this. They haven't thought it through. Our leaders have not prepared them for it at all. It's like, oh, it's on your iPhone. You don't have an iPhone, and there's no electricity, and there's no water, and there's no way to get anywhere. Yeah. Come on, yeah. dude. And that could happen. That's not science fiction. Like That could happen soon. And we're not ready for it. And as you said, it's not a cohesive country. People are not like, oh, I'm going to help my neighbors. You don't know who your neighbors are. They may not speak the same language. Look, I really do apologize for the language in that clip. But I knew that they were making some good points after the language. That's why I kept it playing. And let's face it, we're, we're mostly adults here. Uh, I apologize if there was any kids in the room, but... Uh, these things are a reality. Now, couple that, those possibilities of it going dark with the southern invasion or the invasion, all the saboteurs that have come across 
the border. You know that they're saboteurs. You know that they're sleeper cells. You know that these things are in play. If this happens, first of all, they say there's a 72-hour rule. BS. You have, I'd say, under 48 hours to mobilize whatever plan you have in place. And I'm not trying to put fear into you. I'm not trying to steer anything, but I'm just saying you have about 24 to 48 hours uh, if things really go badly. If it's an EMP, you got to react, I'd say 12 to 14 hours, like that day. If it's an EMP where, you know, everything is gone. So that means any, any devices you have that have batteries, like your cell phone, uh, if it won't turn on, it's probably an EMP, folks. Um, you know, if it's just a blackout, well, maybe not as panic because we've been through those before. But something like a cyber attack EMP could very well take out a lot of stuff. And the sneaky thing about a cyber attack, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm just sorry to do this live, but um, that might not hit your cell phone. It just won't have connectivity. But having said that, look, uh, if if there is a cyber EMPT attack, which everyone says is the greatest threat to the United States and the most likely thing to happen, and you're going to see more evidence in just a moment, like evidence, evidence, evidence. Uh, but and, and please don't call me a grifter. I only take on a couple products. This is a real topic, and I brought this product on because it's a real product, and I ordered it myself. I use it myself. Uh, EMPshield.com. Use coupon code ROR to save $50. And they're not that expensive, folks. Put one on your house, put one on your car. At least, you know, your car, as long as you have gas in it, you should be able to go. You might not be able to phone anyone, but you can go and see whoever you need to see and make whatever arrangements you need to make. So without further ado, um, I caught this uh, redacted the other day. I actually reached out to the reporter uh, to get her to come on, and I debated just reading her article because it's all detailed. But you know what? Um, I think the video is just well done. The questions are good uh, by the uh, by Clay, I believe his name is. So I'm just going to play you the interview, and please watch it because it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper um as it goes on and they're telling you folks it's gonna happen so without further ado let me bring it up here and uh i'll see you in about 25 minutes listen to every word folks right to the end it's worth it and i'll have some comments at the end as well well, the World Economic Forum, yes, run by Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum says that we will experience a massive cyber attack that will hit before the year 2025, which will lead to a massive collapse of the banking industry, infrastructure, and so much more. Now, how do they know this? It's unbelievable. Someone who's been following this very, very closely, and it ties even more directly into the story that we've been covering here on the show about the CTI League files, the Michael Schellenberger uh, released files about the uh, cyber spying on Americans. Uh, we're going to get to that part of the story with independent journalist Whitney Webb, who I'm thrilled to welcome back to the show. Whitney, welcome back to Redacted. Hey, it's great to be here after a, a long absence. Thanks for having me back. Of course, we wouldn't miss the opportunity. So thrilled to have you back here. So let's talk about 
this World Economic Forum idea that at the second in command at the World Economic Forum that we are going to see a massive cyber attack hitting before the year 2025 pointing out you know in in great detail yeah like this is going to happen so you better be prepared for it why are they saying this and who are they going to try to point the finger at right so this was said at the WEF annual meeting earlier this year in January by uh, the WEF managing director Jeremy Jurgens and uh, Jurgens, as well as the WEF itself, has been involved in a series of simulations for several years now that I'm sure a lot of people in your audience are familiar with, uh, called Cyber Polygon, which has been directly affiliated with uh, Russia's government, as well as some of Russia's biggest banks and some of the biggest commercial banks um, in the world, and also backed by a lot of uh, U.S. federal agencies, which is ironic when you consider you know, all the about alleged, alleged Russian hacks over the years. They're very willing under the guise of the WEF to uh, collaborate with the, you know, supposed hackers um, responsible for everything bad, you know, for se several years ago. Um, so that's quite revealing. Um, but aside from Cyber Polygon, there's a lot that the WEF seeks to accomplish um, as it relates to the cyber realm. And they've been collaborating in a lot of ways with these same big banks and also American intelligence agencies in unprecedented ways that has not really gotten any coverage over the past several years. And a lot of this is housed within a public-private partnership the WEF manages called the World Economic Forum Partnership Against Cybercrime. And uh, these, uh, this particular organization, uh, back a, a few years ago, gamed out with the Carnegie Endowment, um, along with the Federal Reserve, the Bank of England, the European Central Bank, so some of the biggest central banks in the world, as well as some of the biggest commercials in the world, like Bank of America and JP Morgan, um, how essentially the US financial system was due to be uh, the victim of a massive cyber attack. And if you're familiar with how things have been going in the US financial or banking system recently, uh, things are not in a very good state at all. And regardless of if, in you know, if there would be or will be a cyber attack in the near future, um, the banking and financial system in the in the United States is in uh, deep doo doo, right? So, right. Uh, if you're the big banks and the intelligence agencies, you want to avoid what happened after the 2008 economic crisis, where there was unprecedented anger at Wall Street because the whole hope and change Obama uh, psyop essentially is probably not going to work again. So. How do you allow that collapse to happen? Because it has to happen in such a way that the banks and the government are essentially blameless. Well, have a cyber attack happen and you can literally blame any, any nation state or group uh, for that hack. And we know this because of what WikiLeaks published right before Julian Assange was completely silenced and then later uh, arrested and dragged out of the Ecuadorian embassy in London, uh, Vault 7. Uh, which revealed things like the Umbridge program, among other things, that U.S. intelligence and other intelligence agencies that are affiliated with this WEF partnership against cybercrime have the ability uh, to place the fingerprints of any nation state actor they wish, including Russia, China, Iran, and really North Korea, any other group uh, as well, uh, not just nation states, put their fingerprints in a hack they actually commit themselves. And this is very significant because this offers, you know, these intelligence agencies unprecedented ability to have uh, to conduct false flag operations in the cyber realm. And uh, 
this group specifically has a lot of solutions aside from, you know, things with the banking system that they cannot really justify implementing unless there is some sort of large cyber attack. So what does the WEF Partnership Against Cybercrime want? Um, they're very open that they want a regulated internet and they're essentially seeking a policy that was, uh, efforts were made to implement during the Obama administration in the U.S. They called it a driver's for the internet. Um, so essentially what this, um, public private partnership that the WEF is pushing for is for every person's access to the internet to be tied to a digital ID uh, or a government issued ID, but presumably a digital ID just because of where government issued ID programs are all uh, going essentially around the world. And the goal of that, of course, if you're Ideas linked to your internet access. Uh, intelligence agencies know exactly what media you are consuming uh, in terms of, you know, what you read and also what you post online. And that has been the goal for a very, very long time. Um, so people aren't necessarily going to consent to that unless uh, they are made to believe that anonymity and privacy online are dangerous. So, um, how exactly can you convince people that that needs to happen? Well, you have some sort of event where anonymous hackers um, do something online that causes major disruption globally, and then the consent can be manufactured through fear and panic, as, as is often done, uh, that anonymity and privacy needs to be eliminated, that we need to know exactly who is doing what online to prevent a calamity of that scale from ever happening again. And this is the exact solution that these guys have been cooking for a very long time. And the intelligence agencies involved are Israeli intelligence, British intelligence, and then the U.S. Secret Service, uh, FBI, and Department of Justice. And you have several of the biggest uh, banks in the country, like Bank of America, um, involved directly with this group, as well as major U.S. tech companies like Microsoft and Amazon uh, partnered with all of this. And uh, this is exactly what they're seeking, and they have all the tools to allow something like this. Uh, to happen. And when you have the fact that some of these actors want a, re a, a war where the U.S., for example, goes to war with Iran, among other things, and they have the ability to attribute, um, you know, cyber attacks of any scale to any entity at all. And uh, this is a big problem because when these alleged hacks take place, whether it's blamed on Russia, Iran, or China, the headline will blame these countries, but if you actually read the article itself, they don't actually have the evidence to make that case. They say, we believe it's this country um, or that it's a group affiliated with this country. And their reasoning ranges from, you know, they'll say things like we have medium probability that it's, you know, they're tied to Iran and, you know, all these, um, you know, uh, phrases that show that they don't actually have evidence. And then there's an effort to manufacture consent um, a t potentially for military action based on, based on all of this stuff. So it's definitely very alarming and people should be paying attention to it when you consider that you have the biggest banks involved, the biggest intelligence agencies, um, and some of the biggest tech companies in the world. And another thing that this WEF group is, is seeking, um, is for, uh, banks, banking regulators and intelligence agencies to essentially fuse their operations under the guise of cybersecurity. And, the more you think about that, the more insane it is. I mean, it's just an insane policy. Yeah, bringing it together under one umbrella. And of course, we even heard Nikki Haley, who's a, you know, certainly uh, the neocons 
absolutely love Nikki Haley right now, pushing her big time. She, over the past couple of weeks, has called mm -hmm. for this lack of anonymity on the web, wants everyone to be registered as you're using the internet, right? Yeah. And so have people, you know, media personalities like uh, Jordan Peterson, for example, has pushed for the same end of anonymity online. Right. Um, and you also have people um, like Elon Musk, uh, who bought Twitter, um, you know, why he was buying Twitter, saying that we have to verify all humans and essentially, you know, uh, uh, allegedly to control the bot issue on Twitter. Uh, but there's this broad push um, essentially everywhere you look um, from the power elite to end online anonymity. And people are obviously resisting that because it changes uh, the nature of the internet and supercharges the surveillance capabilities already built into to a hugely significant degree. Um, and it, it's a bigger problem when you consider that the Department of Justice specifically has a pre-crime program that they've been operating since the Trump administration called DEEP, uh, where people have literally been arrested for things they've posted on social media. Um, someone was even killed, I think, a few uh, months ago for uh, Facebook posts he made about Joe Biden and then was swatted and shot in the street in front of his house for posts he made on social media, um, tying all of this to your government ID, considering, you know, all of those factors as it relates to U.S. law enforcement and the Department of Justice, which again is partnered with all of these things, is, a, is an extremely awful idea. And the idea that, and the fact that you have all these financial services entities involved at the same time, there's this push for digital ID, not just for the internet, but to tie your digital ID to your banking uh, through uh, central bank digital currencies, or heavily regulated stable coins and deposit tokens. I mean, programmable money. I mean, the, the implications here are huge. And there's obviously a lot of resistance from certain quarters of the US population and, and elsewhere against the digital ID push and the CBDC push. Uh, but have the internet go down for X amount of time uh, because of some massive cyber attack. And they bring it back and say, oh, well, we have to know who you are. And now the only way to get online is to use our digital ID. Um, you know, they're going to get the kind of fast, rapid onboarding and mass adoption that they are seeking for those programs. Wow. Now, you believe that this cyber attack is a false flag operation. Is it, is it your concern that Israel would want the United States to attack Iran first, that they wouldn't be able to do this? What does your reporting show on that side of it? Um, so it's not really just my reporting, you know, it's reporting from mainstream media outlets and also uh, th uh, things that Mossad directors have openly said in interviews is that for the past 20 years, they have all Mossad has had almost unlimited funding uh, and energy directed towards Iran regime change policy. And that a key component of that, according to former Mossad director Mayor Dagan, among others, is getting the U.S. to strike Iran first. And there's been a push for a long time from, you know, the neocon sectors uh, within the United States to have uh, the U.S. preemptively strike Iran, among other things. And you had pushes uh, coming from some of the biggest donors to the GOP, for example, Sheldon Adelson, when he was still alive, the biggest uh, donor uh, to the Republican Party and also to Trump, uh, was also pushing for preemptive military action against Iran. You know, he isn't necessarily around anymore, but that type of policy idea has been floated for a very long time. And after the assassination of Qasem Soleimani, uh, the IRGC uh, general, who, uh, who was very famous, um, there was a rhetoric coming from Mike Pompeo when he was CIA director and also Trump that if Iran launched any sort of retaliation, including a cyber attack, they would respond with military action to Iran. So there has been a lot of um, 
fear-mongering about exactly this. And of course, it's important to keep in mind that next year, the exact year when the, the WEF uh, managing director has predicted this attack is going to take place is an election year in the United States. Right. And a lot of the same rhetoric about some imminent cyber attack, whether from Iran, Russia, and or China, uh, was being what was being uh, utilized to a significant degree in the 2020 election as well. And you actually had... Um, uh, what I've argued is an Israeli intelligence front company, a cybersecurity company called Cyber Reason, uh, was gaming out and conducting simulations with DHS and some of our top law enforcement and intelligence agencies, uh, how hackers could disrupt the 2020 election, have the election canceled and martial law declared, exactly what hackers would need to do for those conditions to be met. So there is a lot of stuff going on in the cyber realm that not enough people are paying attention to. And the most Concerning thing about this, I would argue, besides the WEF warnings, is that you have a series of entities, many of which are tied to foreign intelligence, um, sitting on our on the most critical infrastructure systems in the United States, uh, have access to those systems, and other groups have given access to those systems to people that haven't even been vetted by our own government. It's madness. And is that tied to the CTIL files, which Michael Schellenberger, journalist Michael Schellenberger, uh, released earlier this week? We covered it extensively here on the show yesterday. The revelations that these CT CTIL files stand for Cyber Threat Intelligence League. And he claims that these revelations are like worse than the Twitter files, worse than Facebook, and that basically they, they, uh, has, it's a global plan for censorship. Um, according to these documents, the United States and UK military contractors. But I think, is that all tied to this? And I think you believe there's a huge piece missing from the reporting from Michael Schellenberger. It's almost like they conveniently mm -hmm. left out one major piece of this story. Can you enlighten our audience as to what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So I wrote about the CTI League in August of 2020 um, because of... Uh, this was before they really even got into the misinformation games. So they were founded in March 2020. Um, and their main founder in the public face of the organization for years is a Israeli intelligence operative called Ohad Zaydenberg. And um, who also has uh, been attributed numerous times in, in U.S. mainstream media reports as blaming various cyber attacks on Iran while working for a cybersecurity company tied to the Israeli government called Clear Sky. Um, but the CTI League wasn't created, it, its initial mission was, was not related to, to targeting mis alleged misinformation at all. It was uh, a gr alleged volunteering to protect uh, the critical infrastructure of U.S. hospitals, pharmaceutical companies, and health insurance companies, um, and other corporations in the United States pro bono for free. It's very odd that you would have a group right as a crisis hits, right? The COVID-19 uh, crisis starts, and you have this company uh, run by a former former intelligence agency is still collaborating with intelligence, uh, foreign, by the way, not American, offering to protect critical American health infrastructure for free. People like this do not work for free. And the right. other people whoa, whoa, that co-founded this group with him. Well, mm -hmm. so, so an Israeli intelligence guy um, forms this company as the head of this company and says, we're going to take care of American hospitals, dams, uh, water infrastructure. Dams come later. 
Oh, okay. Dams but... come later, but it was first health infrastructure. And they partnered with CISA, which is the independent agency operating under DHS um, that's supposed to protect critical infrastructure, including election infrastructure, uh, but also things like uh, water systems, the power grid, all sorts of things like that, as well as hospitals. And the CTI League, created by Zadenberg, uh, partners with them directly to protect all of this critical infrastructure. Misinformation, what Schellenberger and Taibbi have covered, is the side gig of the CTI League. Their main thing is to get on all these critical infrastructure systems, allegedly to protect them, but no one knows who works for the CTI League really, because in order to join it and get access to all of these systems, you don't have to be vetted by CISA or the US federal government. You have to be vetted by Ohad Zadenberg and the other co-founders um, who play a much more minor role than him in the organization who are affiliated with either uh, Microsoft or a US uh, government uh, contractor called Okta. So you have these, these guys deciding who gets access to these systems uh, and you know, who doesn't, but it's, it could, anyone could get through that essentially, you know, it, it's extremely reckless, extremely reckless. And beyond that, uh, it's not just hospitals anymore. As you mentioned, it's expand to dams, it's expand to water systems, and also nuclear reactors in the United States. So you have a foreign intelligence-founded or nonprofit being offered access to all of these critical systems in the United States. It's insane. And, and it's not really the only company that's like this. Okay, just I have to insert here. <laughs> are you Are you listening to this? Why does the U.S. Congress just bow down to Israel all the time? And, you know, there's other allegations, but the, the, this is true. <laughs> and the, the, the dams, the nuclear facilities, the hospitals, the pharmaceutical companies. I got some real comments for you. Hang on till the end, folks. So the other uh, company I mentioned earlier, Cyber Reason, that did these simulations about uh, election doomsday uh, with DHS and, and the FBI and, and, and whatnot, uh, they have access to some of the most critical infrastructure of the U.S. military and a backdoor to all of it, essentially, and uh, it's not run by American citizens. How is this being allowed? I mean oh, with the foreign invasion, part of the U.S. military as uh, critical information path infrastructures not being run by American citizens. And yet we have all these foreign nationals coming up. Do they have a backdoor communications network? Huh? I mean, how is this being allowed? And I mean, we know the deep connections between Israel and the United States, and we know the Israel lobby in the United States, but this is, this goes deeper than that. And why do you think it's, why would Michael Schellenberger leave out that part of the story? It sounds to me like a limited hangout. I mean, I know that your website is called, right? Like, I mean, this is like, you know, the distraction over here, let's just focus on misinformation. But this other massive piece of the story is that they have access to American infrastructure. Foreign governments have access to American infrastructure. Israeli government has access to American infrastructure. Well, it's not just the Israelis either, because again, we don't know who was given access through the CTI League to these systems. Any nationality could have it. You know, oh, so we have no idea than... because they're not open about. Yeah, it's it, it's an, an extremely reckless policy. It's worth pointing out too that the head of CISA 
that oversaw this partnership with CTI League is an ex, uh, ex head of cybersecurity at Microsoft. And you have these Microsoft affiliations um, with some of the other co-founders. And of course, Microsoft being uh, arguably heavily, heavily compromised by Israeli intelligence by Jeffrey Epstein and Maxwell. Um, I've done a lot of reporting on that with um, Ghislaine Maxwell's sisters being heavily involved. Um, with Microsoft through some of their companies, and then uh, Jeffrey Epstein going on Microsoft Russia conferences, um, being very involved, of course, with Bill Gates, and also the chief technology officer of Microsoft for many years, Nathan Mervold. Um, just totally unreal. So um, what's going on here with CTI League is, I think, is very significant. And I'm, I'm very um, disappointed that, I mean, I would like to give Schellenberger the benefit of the doubt and just hope he was not aware of what the CTI League does beyond misinformation. But I mean, if you go to the CTI League website, it's very obvious that they do a lot more beyond, um, you know, the misinformation side of things, uh, that their main focus is this alleged pro bono protection of critical American infrastructure. And what's also significant about this happening in the COVID era is that just as CTI League partnership with CISA, uh, the H HHS in the US cut hospital budgets um, that were supposed to help pay for their cybersecurity and IT um, maintenance. So at, you know, at the same time that all this COVID stuff is going on, they don't have people protecting their IT systems. And then this group comes along and offers their services for free. So a lot of hospitals maybe that wouldn't have necessarily taken that offer uh, took it because, you know, government policy made it essentially a necessity for them to do so. And uh, also among in the pharma world, they ended up partnering, uh, you know, with Pfizer, with Merck, and some of the BAMs uh, there as well. So this is not just uh, the corporate, uh, this is not just, you know, like the public sector uh, that they're um, protecting yeah. from cybersecurity. So, you know, given what's been revealed with the CTI League as it relates to censorship and their malfeasance there, why would they not practice similar malfeasance with their alleged protection of critical systems in the United States? I was going to say, yeah, to bring it all back to the World Economic Forum. So if you have, if you launch this cyber attack or you hear, oh, there's a cyber attack coming, I mean, it's like the perfect cover. You've literally got the, the assets in place to turn off critical infrastructure with your back-end team that yes. you've already put together and then blame it on Iran, right? I mean, is that the plan here? And then we launch attack against Iran? Ohad Zadenberg's whole career has been focused on I Iran and cyber attacks. And uh, he's just been focused on Iran his entire career within Israeli intelligence. And now after he formally left and is working for this um, group affiliated with um, you know, Israeli government-owned entities and other intelligence operatives. Um, and a lot of his more recent attributions of cyber attacks to Iran have no evidence. It's thing, uh, he says things like, um, uh, this group acts like another Iranian cyber group used to act, therefore it must be Iranian and doesn't provide any more detail than that. I mean, are we going to get roped into a war over something that's so devoid of any actual evidence? But unfortunately, mainstream media reporting about cyber attacks in general, regardless of whether it's attributed to Iran or another nation, uh, very rarely have any actual uh, tangible evidence to make that claim. And then even if they did, you know, there's this whole factor of, of Vault 7 as revealed by WikiLeaks and that you can frame any country. 
or any group for a cyber attack. And as is often the case when these crises happen, there is no investigation until after the fact. And often investigations of like the 9-11 Commission, for example, is heavily compromised. So who knows what will happen there, but it's obviously very concerning. And as far as the World Economic Forum is related, that public-private partnership I was talking about earlier, the partnership against cybercrime, is led by a career Israeli spy named Tal Goldstein, who developed this policy uh, while Netanyahu, who's still prime minister, was prime minister back then in 2012, that operations that Mossad used to conduct in-house are now going to be conducted by private companies, particularly in the realm of cybersecurity. And that is when these groups, uh, including Ohad Zadenberg's Clear Sky and Cyber Reason, uh, were created. And a lot of them with people with continuing affiliations to Israeli intelligence. And when you consider, again, that it's a directly known and admitted policy of Israeli intelligence to get the U.S. to strike Iran first at the time that Israel, the Israel security state determines that it's time to begin open hostilities and armed hostilities with Iran, which seems quite soon, uh, given the conflict in, in Gaza and how that's escalated and likely to escalate into a regional war, they have wanted for, dec for decades the U.S. to strike Iran first. And how will they do that? Um, this is, I mean, I'm not saying they're definitely going to do it, but the fact that we're giving that exact government and people linked to that exact government access to our critical systems and all the means to do that is not a good idea. Right. Yeah. You don't need to... You know, it's Occam's razor, right? It's the simplest explanation for what's going to happen. And I hope that by, you know, having you on here and exposing this, talking about, we've been warning from the very beginning of what happened on October 7th, watch out for false flags. Watch out for us being dragged into a regional war. Watch out for us being dragged into a war with Iran. Um, you know, we have a long history in the United States of false flag operations uh, going back to the Spanish-American War and before. So this is not un this is not something new that the United States would pull off here um, in coordination with the Israeli government. Uh, Whitney Webb, I know you've been working very, very hard. You have some explosive new content coming out here very, very soon. We'd love to have you back on. Uh, perhaps after the holidays, when you when you have those reports, we always appreciate it. It's always a tour de force, and you blow our minds uh, every time you're on the show. So I just want to say thank you so much. Great to have you back on, and uh, it's been a real pleasure to see you again. Yeah, like I hope you don't mind that I played that entire clip, but I hope you found it worthwhile. There's a lot of stuff in there, and. I'm just going to touch on a few of the key points. I'm not going to elaborate too much, but, you know, the whole so-called plan talks about, oh, we're going to switch to the quantum system. So the banks are involved. Digital ID, well, that's, that's like the mark of the beast, right? Um, pre-crime division and if all of these things happened and, and the easiest way to do it they're telling you they're going to do it they've gamed it out just like they gamed out COVID and by the way they executed that pretty good didn't they the whole world locked down but you have to remember, it's America 
that has stopped the new world order from going through. It's only because of America. The largest freestanding citizen army in the world. I've got some definite thoughts that I'm going to share and uh, and put all this stuff together. And I think I'm going to do it on my Podbean Live, which I do Friday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. I uh, hope you can join me for it because I'm, well, you know what? There's always a possibility the topic will change. <laughs> But I have a feeling I'm going to talk about this. But, you know, I just uh, kind of go where I believe the Lord is uh, leading me. And one place he's leading me, for sure, is to tell you that don't have fear through any of this stuff. Be thankful that you have eyes to see. And you can, with whatever your capacity is, you can make some provisions. Like a major one, probably the most important one, would be store some water. Okay? If you need to go and splurge and spend 15, 20 bucks on a good container, or you have some jugs or whatever, store up some water. Water is life source. You can go without food for a number of days. Although I'm sure you have some, you know, something in your cupboard. Because this thing, I, you know, I hope it wouldn't go six months or anything like that. If it did, that's depopulation of the planet, folks. Um, it's as simple as that. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to get there. But... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to share my plan, the uh, my thoughts on these plans on the Friday show. And uh, I, I hope you'll join me for them because it's, uh, it's going to be contrary to what others are saying. I'll guarantee you that. I'll guarantee you that. Hey, in the meantime, thank, thank you for being here. And, and thank you for leaving comments on the last episode. Honestly, when I, when I do these shows if i don't get any feedback i'm really wondering if i'm <laughs> i know people are watching but i'm wondering if it has any impact or anything like that and look i don't need my ego stroked or anything like that and if you want to attack me attack me I, i'm okay with that too um i just like to know that you know perhaps it's making a difference in some way i know some of you are shy and everything else but when you can, let me know. Um, you know, I respond to just about, uh, you know, anything on Twitter or uh, Telegram, and you can email me. I'm slow at returning emails, but right on Jeff at gmail.com is the place to reach me through email. Hey, in the meantime, you know, just have, have no fear. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And all these things won't matter as much to you. That's the truth. Spend time in his word. There might be a time when we don't have his word. Especially if it's just on your phone. Go get a, go get a hard copy Bible if you don't have one. 
you really, really need to have that and, uh, and water. So a hard copy of the Bible and some water and, uh, don't let the fear get into you, but you know, I think God's allowing us to make some preparations, trust in him and all things, but also don't be a fool. God bless each and every one of you. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and of course, make a difference in your community.